Hey guys, welcome back. You are listening to K-Drama in Room 343. I'm your host, Si Choi, aka Christina. And today, it's actually New Year's. Happy New Year's, you guys. I can't believe it's 2020. We started this podcast actually in 2018, like in the summertime. So we started uploading it in January of 2019. And wow, I can't believe that it's not over yet. <laughs> But I mean, thank you so much for listening um, all this year. It's been pretty great. Like, I can't believe that there are people who are actually listening. So thank you guys. Um, I know that, you know, it's not the best podcast out there. But if you are interested in um, following these dramas, um, yeah, it's very detailed. And I feel like this episode, uh, episode 14, is going to be quite detailed. So let's just, let's get started. So we left off, um, Aro and Sonu, they were surrounded by these like angry villagers. Um, they had like torches and pitchforks. So Sonu tells Aro to go back inside and Suho and Banyu come to help them. Aro goes to the princess's quarters and tells her that it's dangerous to go outside and that they're surrounded. Suho is about to like whip out his sword, but Sam, like he interferes and he says that, look, these these people don't even have like proper weapons. These are like farmers. And so they have like those um, farming tools, but not really actual like weapons. So um, Sam just says to let them go. And um, Suho's like, no, are you kidding? Like they're going to rob us. They robbed the gifts that um, that we were supposed to give to the Pekje. So those robbers they just run off and Suho punches Sam saying that it's all your fault you know if the king and the queen becomes like if they if something happens Sam's like I mean they're like local farmers these are farmers who are starving and then was forced to become robbers the princess comes out to see that um the gifts were stolen she's like pissed Suho is then like angry at Sam Suho and Banyu they leave and Sonu and Sam, they're like talking. Sam says that no one in this nation deserves to starve like that. He's like kind of justifying his actions. But, you know, they're still troubled because they're going to this nation to make peace and they don't have any gifts to offer them. So the princess is like, well, we can't go back. We need to make peace before the day of the king's birthday. So um, Jin Hung King Jinung's birthday because that's when the Baekje nation might attack. So in the palace, Anjigong comes to see the queen, and then he declares that he will no longer be her doctor because he needs to leave to go to the peasant village since there's like a plague. The queen is like super angry. She's like, "How dare you leave me for some peasants?" And Anjigong's like, "Are you gonna kill me?" Queen's like, "What?" And he's like, I don't want to see you anymore. That's why I'm going. That's part of the reason. And Queen's like crying. She's like begging. She's like, don't leave me. I need you. I don't have anyone without you. And Anjigong's like, I'm not leaving you because I never returned to you. Ooh, get him. Lay down some truth, Anjigong. Seriously, this girl needs it. He's like, you know, I used to hold every word you said to me sacred, but now 
Even seeing you cry, it doesn't make me feel anything. Like I'm not emotional at all. She continues to cry and Anjigo just walks out. So the delegation gang, the peace treaty gang, is moving on and they stopped by a creek. Sonu says that they have to sleep there and make camp because um, there was no like inns nearby and they also have nothing. Like they don't have money, they don't have food. Everything was stolen from them. Sonu steps up and he starts like delegating. Um, he leads basically. He's like, we need to look for shelter. So he orders Suho to get some firewood to make a camp. And he orders like the two servants that they came with to go find some food to eat. And Panyu is kind of like defiant. He's like, why are you leading? Then Suho's like, do you have a better idea? No, then just come. And so, yeah, he pulls him to go get some firewood. Aro is by the creek as well, but she is with the local people, like, of a nearby town, I guess. And she's, like, feeling the pulses of them. She's kind of, like, treating them. Then she also does what she does best, um, telling those raunchy love stories. And the locals, they, like, love it. And she's telling a story about a palace guard and a woman. And she's very friendly towards them. And she's like joking around with them. So Suho gathers firewood and Panyu also helps. But while they're coming back, Panyu falls and he goes into the lake or the creek. And he gets like pretty mad and Suho like makes fun of him. Then they just like play around. Like he pushes Suho into the water and they just play like kids, like splashing water. And I'm pretty sure I've seen this scene before. Hashtag bromance. Like I've seen this. I've seen this scene before. I'm pretty sure. Anyways, um, they're sitting in the rock, drying, squeezing the water out of their boots and stuff. Panyu makes sure that the pouch that Suyeon gave him is safe. And Suho notices that it's familiar to him and asks if Suyeon likes him. But then he tells him not to accept her feelings because he's like, well, we just became friends and I don't want us to be awkward because of that. And Panyu kind of looks upset. <laughs> Sonu is making fire and he gets annoyed with Sam when he tries to help because he doesn't know how to do it. So like Sam put too much firewood and then Sonu's like, stop it. Stop. Doing it wrong. Basically. Sonu says that they also have to take turns doing night watch because, you know, there might be robbers there as well. The servants, unfortunately, come back empty-handed like they couldn't find any food. Sonu's like, well, it's alright. I guess we'll just starve today. But then Sam's like, um, I don't think so. Because he sees Aro coming and she has like a huge basket of food. She got some from the locals that she befriended. Um, she got two chickens and she got like those chumokbaps or like rice balls. She then is like, generosity is everywhere where people are. And then she gives some food to the princess. The princess is like, why are you taking care of me? Like, you said that I was trying to kill you. Why are you being so nice? Ed was like, well, I don't know about you, but I learned that this is chong. So chong is like a Korean word to signify affection but not like in an affection as in like a admiring kind of way, but it's something like, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's kind of like an attachment to people. Um, it could also be like to places, um, things that are familiar, kind of like um, how you have pride for your nation. It's kind of like that all combined. Yeah. Or that's like what I gather from. 
at least. You can look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Aro also says that I'm your doctor, so it's my duty to take care of you. She also treats the servant um, that they came with with acupuncture, and she's like very friendly. Sam sees how friendly Aro is, and he comments that, you know, that girl can survive any- anywhere. And is probably why I really like her. And he tells this to Sonu. And Sonu's like, stop playing games. And Sam's like, I'm not joking around. I'm not playing. Sam then says, you know, I envy you. But also I feel bad for you. I envy you that she's your sister. But then I also feel bad that she's your sister. Sonu is like, why her? And Sam's like, well, it's because she's my person. And the only one, so I need her desperately. Sonu asks if he came because of her, and Sam's like, yeah. Sonu also says that, you know, that girl is my everything. Like, she's the sole reason why I'm living. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, these two guys just confessing their love for this one girl, like the same girl. And like, one of the guy is her brother. The second guy is um, the king. What? Okay, I don't understand, like, what kind of king would do that? Like, yes, I see that you like this girl, but you need to think of your nation. Like, you're the king. And she's your sister. These, these guys. These guys. Back to Aro. Aro tells the princess that they're going to have to sleep together tonight, that night. And Aro then asks why the princess brought her here. Um, the princess is like, are you trying to confirm the answer that you already have? And Aro's like, did you really use me to bring my brother? Then Aro's like, what do you remember about your brother, the king? Um, she then says that my brother, Sonu, is not your brother. And princess is like, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. Sonu is someone that I want by my side. Um, she flashes back to when she was having a panic attack and Sonu kind of like helped. Yeah. Sam then compliments Sonu that he's like good at leading people. He's like, you have a talent for that. And then asks, what would you do if you were the king? Like, what would you do to change this nation where farmers become robbers to survive? Sonu's like, why are you worried about that? You said you weren't even the king, so why worry? Then Sam's like, oh, you right. So back to OF. OF is at the academy and he's fishing. And Daiso comes to accompany him. OF is like, you know, it feels very empty and I feel kind of uneasy right now, like something's gonna happen. So Daiso's like, well, I brought you some nurungji, which is like the burnt rice or like fried rice, I guess. But like crispy fried rice. I, I can't, I don't know how to describe it. Um, and then he's like, he gives it to OF because that was like his favorite afternoon snack. And OF like just throws it in the lake. And he's like, I'm just going to go get a drink. So the other Hwarangs are there. They're continuing their lessons. And the teacher is teaching them in the lecture hall. V is kind of complaining to Yor, like, why it's taking Sonu so long. And he's like, all complaining. And Yor is like, wow, you really like Sonu that much? And V's like, of course. So V is Hansong. And Hansong is like picking his nose. And Yor is like, what about me? Like, do you like me? And Hansel's like, nope, I don't like you. And he wipes his booger on Yor's robe. And Yor's like, he yells like, hey. And then he also says like, hey. Which is kind of like, you know, a bad derogatory remark, I think, in Korea. 
So um, the teacher's like, what? Because he said it really loud during the lecture. Powell is doing the laundry and he's by the creek. He looks very upset and Tansei sees this and he comes and he's like, Powell, are, are you crying? <laughs> and Powell's like, what? No, but he's like wiping away his tear. Tansei is trying to comfort him like, I don't know what's going on with you, but 22-year-olds shouldn't go around crying. So just think of me as your hyung and tell me what's troubling you. Just, just tell me. And Powell is like, oh, oh my gosh, this fool. Because he's like so much older, right? Tansei pats him on the back like all awkwardly and he kind of gives him like a side hug. It's pretty funny. Then the blue evil friend comes and is like, why are you crying? Is it because, you know, your hwarangs are dead or something like that? Um, yeah, he like disses the hwarangs and stuff. And then when Powell questions like what he means, uh, blue evil friend is like, you know, Young Shilgong is not going to let them come back. Like, they're going to be killed off. Like, the delegation, that thing, is a trap. Then Powell gets, like, super angry, so he throws Blue Evil Friend into the creek. I wonder if they shot these scenes in the same creek, because, honestly, the creek looks the same. Like, on all the scenes that have creeks in it, it they all look the same. So I feel like they did, right? Pro makes sense, too. Yeah. So, back in the academy... The teacher is talking to Han Song and Tanzei's grandfather. And I think the teacher is saying that Han Song lacks the qualities to be a Hwarang. Then Han Song and Tanzei comes to see them. Their grandfather scolds Tanzei like, You are useless. Han Song is someone you have to serve. But how can you make him into an idiot who can't do anything? He then starts to beat Tanzei in front of Han Song. Um, he's like, Han Song is the only descendant of our family. So he needs to train. So Tansei, he's like, you need to train him to be the best Hwarang in the academy. And he's like whipping him, basically. Then the grandfather turns to Han Song and says that Tansei was hit instead of you. So come to your senses and do things correctly. And Han Song's like crying. He's, he like promises that he will. Then Han Song helps Tansei up and Tansei's like... Our grandfather's pretty old now. He isn't as strong as before. Scarface. Like, we haven't seen him in a while. Scarface comes to Yong Shilgong's place to bring him some stuff. Apparently, they prepared gifts for the um, Baekje nation. Um, so Yong Shilgong's like, take this to them. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Yong Shilgong knew that they would be robbed. I don't know. But anyways, he's like, take it before the day of the king's birthday to make peace. So the Baekje prince, we see this prince and he's like in a gazebo and he's eating. He's notified by the general that they have captured more of Shilla's farmers or like peasants and is also notified that a delegation is coming from Shilla to make peace with them. Then the team enters the palace, and the prince of Baekje, he, like, meets them, but he's, like, eating his lunch still. Uh, the princess steps up, and she introduces herself, but the prince just keeps on eating and ignores them, basically. Suho gets a little bit mad and is about to, like, you know, go crazy, but Sam holds him back to say that they need to wait. 
After the meal, Prince motions the princess to come closer. The princess like, so, what did you bring me? Did you bring anything to make peace with me? The princess is like, I am a representative. I came here to talk, um, to ask for a private meeting with you. He then um, accepts her request and they go to a private room where she gives him a small golden statue of Buddha. She's like, this is a memento of peace. And the princess tells him of like, the importance of their alliance against like Kuguryo, which is another nation, third nation. He tries to like make a move on her, I think, and says that, do you know the conventional way of making peace between nations? It's marriage. He says this in a very cheesy voice as well. He's like, but don't worry too much. I don't like you as a woman. Plus, I have many wives. I'm just telling you that that's the conventional method. Outside the palace, Aro is treating this little boy. He had like a wound on his leg and she was cleaning it up. Then the boy gives her a little hairpin. It's like that stick that you, um, well, stick into your hair uh, to make like the bun. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, he like gives it to her, but she's like, no, I can't accept. And she's kind of iffy about it because she realizes that it's something that like peasants wouldn't have. Um, it was kind of royal feeling. So she's like, oh, this looks odd. But then he like insists on giving it to her, so she puts it in her hair. Um, then, out of nowhere, these two guards like come to take this little boy, who's mute, by the way. They just grab him and they start like dragging him into the cell. And she tries to stop them, but then they're like, "This is a thief. This guy like he stole some stolen goods and he was like selling them illegally." And then the guard sees the pin on her head. And then he's like, oh my gosh, this girl's in it too. So he takes her as well. The guards put the two of them in jail cells. And she, she's like yelling for her brother. She's like, but of course they can't hear because they're actually in the castle. But then like, okay, so in the castle, the Hwarangs, they're like standing outside and they did hear. Or like Sonu heard, but he's like, did you hear something? But then he's like, oh, maybe not. Okay, whatever. But the princess's servant saw that um, she was being taken by these guards. So back to the prince and the princess. Um, the prince is like, are you that innocent? Like, why are you all flustered? If they sent a prince, I would have thought that they wanted war. But then they sent a princess. What do you think that means? The princess is like, if you don't like the gift, I will bring back something you want more. The prince tells her that you probably got robbed because we caught Silla, like your people, selling stolen royal items here. He continues to talk about how weak Silla is and stuff like that. And then he's like, you know, I heard that whatever that day, the next day or something, that day is um, King Jinheng's birthday. I was thinking of expanding Pekje on that day as a present to him. So he's like threatening her, basically. The princess's servant comes to tell the Hwarang that Aro was taken. And then, of course, Sonu and Sam, they try to fight. Um, Sam tells them that they can't use their swords and they can't like kill anyone because then it's a declaration of war. So then they just like, you know, 
hurt him. They like the people. They're trying to get to the jail cell, but then the general gets his knife to Sonu's throat and all the other Hwarangs and captures them. The general notifies the prince that. This all started that the conflict arose because one of their guards had taken their doctor, the delegation's doctor, as prisoner. The prince is intrigued that it all started because of a doctor and then tells the guards to imprison the Hwarangs in jail cells. Pan Yu then sees Scarface as he's like being um, dragged um, and Scarface kind of like acknowledges him as well. Scarface then goes to meet the prince. Um, the four Huarangs are locked up. Aro looks at the prisoners who are in the same cell with her and then tells them that she's a doctor and that she can treat them because she realizes that a lot of these people are injured. But no one comes or like even pays attention to her. Um, they all just kind of avoid her gaze. So Scarface, um, he brings the gifts that Yong Gong had sent and then tells the prince that Yong Gong has a message for him. Meanwhile, in Chilla, the mystery man goes to the palace to see the queen. The queen looks so scared, and apparently this mystery man is her brother. I knew that they were related, but I didn't know if that they were... Wait, did I know? I don't know, because I don't remember. <laughs> but anyways, I was pretty surprised. Um, yeah, he's her brother. She then questions why he came out of hiding and he kind of like scoffs. He's like, you kicked your son out of the palace and took over the throne. And now you sent the princess to a deadly situation and yet you seem very comfortable. He then is like, well, it figures because you framed your one and only companion and violently got rid of him. Is he talking about, I'm, I feel like he's talking about Anjigong, right? The queen is like, what is it that you want? Like, what do you want to say? And the mystery man's like, I heard that you hid the king in Hwarang and that Anjigong's son, Sonu, is the king. If he comes back alive from the south Buyo, which is like the Baekje area, you should abdicate and I will help you. The queen's like, you came back after 10 years and the thing that you say is to give the throne to Anjigong's son? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. The mystery man laughs and he's like, was I mistaken when I said there was a king among the Huarangs? And the queen is kind of silent. So back to Baekje, um, the prince compares the two gifts that he got, um, one from the princess, the little Buddha. And so the one that Yong Shigong gave is like just a little bit, a small jar, like a golden jar. I don't really know what those are. It looked like very small golden vases, like very small. The prince is like, they say Sheila has so many kings. I guess it's true. So Scarface had told um, the prince that Yong Shigong has a message for him. And actually that message had been already delivered by Panyu. Panyu had delivered the message that Yong Shigong had wrote, like the letter. Um, and he gave it to the prince. I thought that that letter was for the prince, like for King Jin Hung. So I thought that Yong Shigong meant to give it to Sonu, but he gave it to. So he meant the other prince. I didn't know that. So yeah. And that letter basically said that there was a faceless king of Shilla 
amongst the four Huarangs there. Yong Shigong then says to do as he wishes. The prince is like thinking, he's like, does he want me to kill his king? He then is like, well, it's better to handle the king than the princess. So yeah, he imprisons them. The princess comes to see the Huarangs and Suho apologizes. Um, he's like, they imprisoned Aro and we couldn't just stand idly by. The princess is like, who cares about that half-breed? She's like pissed that they're locked up. Um, she's like, I am being very unfairly treated. I came here to represent my people who are also unfairly treated. And what are my Huarangs doing? Being locked up. Sano's like, if you really think that it's unfair, then shouldn't we just fight? Especially if you think that the injustice is towards the people of Shilla, then we need to fight so that we wouldn't have to face this kind of incident ever again. He's like, injustice is not to be tolerated, but dealt against with. So be the representative that you came to be. Then the princess kind of receives this confidence. She bursts into the prince's room and she basically yells. She's like, it's wrong to lock up defenseless poor farmers. And this is a problem of diplomacy, not a declaration of war. Then the prince is like, then should we settle this through marriage then? Um, the princess is like, well, I'm already betrothed. Then the prince is like, oh, you mean the faceless king? I heard that the king is among the four Huarangs. So if I kill them all, then that means you can get married. The princess gets like super angry. He, she's like pissed. So she whips out the general sword who's like standing next to her. She then like throws it at the prince's feet. It lands on the ground. It's like planted right between his feet. The guard looks surprised like, okay, what kind of guard are you if you are not able to stop that from happening? Like, you're not protecting the king. Like, shouldn't he have her, like, pit to the floor? Like, something? Like, what, what kind of guard are you? She then is like, there's no marriage, and you will not kill our king. She then walks out, and the prince laughs. The general comes into the cell that Otto is in and orders to bind um, all the prisoners and to bring them out to the courtyard. So the four Huarangs, they're before the prince, and the prince basically says that he heard that the king is there. I will have the king reveal his identity and make him take responsibility for this matter. He brings out the prisoners who are tied, including Otto, he then tells the king to reveal himself, or every 15 minutes, he will cut off the heads of these prisoners. So back to Shilla, OF and the mystery man, they meet at a restaurant, and the mystery man questions whether the king is really at the academy. He tells OF that his father, the late king, thought that he would die early being born with a disease. So he had him wrapped up in a blanket and left him at an empty room for a week to die, but he didn't, and now he's just like living as a ghost. He then questions OF whether he thinks Jin Hung is the right answer to change the nation. He's like, don't you think there is another member, like another potential king that could change the nation for the better? And OF is like, what if that faceless king is that person? Um, OF clarifies that 
the only thing he's opposing um, is the fact that the mother is forcibly taking the place of the rightful heir. Um, he's like, I'm not opposed to the no, like the faceless king. I'm only opposed to the queen, basically. So back to Pekje. Um, few people are led to be beheaded, and Sam is shaking. Like he, his, he like holds up his fists, and he's just like shaking with rage. Sonu also looks pretty disgusted, and um, it seems like, okay, it seemed to me that Sam had made up his mind to step up, but he's, like, shaking so much. But then the prince, like, signals, and the first round of people were slain, even though um, it hadn't even been 15 minutes. Um, The prince is like, oops. They bring in more people and for the second round, and Ado is included in that group. Sonu is like, angry sam is pissed as well um sam is then about to step out but then sonu yells that it's him he steps out and says that he is the king of shilla sam looks shook suho looks surprised and very concerned panyu looks shook and Aro is also shook everyone everyone is shook like shooketh the prince gets up and that is the end of episode 14. I feel like I covered a lot. Uh, like, this episode was packed. I felt like this episode was longer than all the other episodes. It might have just been me. It was very action-packed. A lot of things were happening, which is good because this is episode 14. And we have, what, six episodes left. So it's good to have things um, move on, you know, it, instead of like being so draggy i feel like all the previous um episodes combined would have less action than this one (laughs) like less of a plot change if that makes sense anyways um i'm excited for how this pans out like i think i'm more excited that this drama is coming to an end um yeah so that is all i have to say Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you guys have the best New Year's Day, New Year's Week, the best new January of 2020 that you could have. I'm so thankful that you guys are listening to us um, and I hope that, you know, 2020 we will be able to wrap up this podcast and yeah finish we have six episodes which means we have six more weeks of Huarang. and then i believe boys over flowers has 26 episodes so 26 weeks do you think we will be able to finish by the end of this year maybe we will try um but yeah thank you guys so much for listening and i will talk to you guys next week Happy New Year's!